students feel like they're in a rut. They're stuck in this cycle that they're never going to escape, and they never want to because they don't feel like they have the yeah the necessities to keep going and to get out of it and get them out of that rut. It's all about location in a way. I mean, if we're going to have this great big restaurant hidden back up a holler somewhere, what do you think is going to happen? Thank you for joining us on episode five of the Student Pack Podcast. I'm J.D. Belcher. Today we have a special one for you. It's a, it's a long one. Uh, all about food access. Well, food access and a lot of other things. Uh, we had special guests Mackenzie Aim and Keisha Perkins. They're both Bill Emerson National Hunger Fellows and wanted to speak to the students about food access. So we all sat down uh, both at Riverview and Mount View and had probably around a two-hour conversation. I had to whittle that down to 20 minutes each, uh, but it was really an energetic, fun-filled day, and I hope you enjoy. First up, we have Riverview uh, with their take on food access in McDowell County. Were there other things that y'all like um, hunted for or foraged or grew that were really important part of uh, your family like dining experiences at all or no? Well, we hunt deer. That's, okay. that's a normal thing around here. Um, we fish a lot up in Berwyn. Oh, okay. Nice. Have you ever gutted a deer? Yes. Nice. I haven't. I'm, <laughs> I'm useless. Um, we hunt mushrooms, dryland fish. Um, do you normally, like when y'all do all of that, do you do it as a family or do a few people like gut the deer? What does that look like normally? It's most of the time it's the person who kills it, which is probably my uncle or my cousin. <laughs> and then I help them. And then my uncle has some friends that come over and help too. Okay, nice. And do you think other people are interested in some of these food ways of Appalachia, like uh, the wild ramps and the mushroom hunting and things like that? Oh, absolutely. I think I think it's very interesting to people not from around here because they're like, people actually get out and do this stuff. <laughs> like, I was so, like, I was talking to people out of state and they were so shocked because I put slaw on a hot dog. Yeah. When originally I'm from Idaho, so we had never put slaw on a hot dog. And when y'all said that, I was... Uh, confused first and then loved it it's amazing and y'all's buns that you use for a hot dog aren't like normal buns what what are they what are they i i've been trying to figure this out if it's like toast that's been kind of folded or <laughs> you can have I, it's it's hard to explain <laughs> um it's like i guess the toasted bun is all i know it as yeah and it's like cut on the top i guess sometimes but yeah exactly um, you know, I totally agree. There are a lot of really cool things about Appalachian foods um, that I don't think a lot of people know about. Like before we moved here, I'd never heard of wild ramps or of, I think a few folks mushroom hunt, but it's not as common in other parts of the country for mm -hmm. sure. Um, so how do you think y'all can turn that into like a way to bring jobs into McDowell? Because we've heard that there's not a ton of jobs here um, and that food is kind of something that's unique. Do you think that can be used as a form of job creation to pull more folks into the county or no? I think re like recreational things are a big part of it because we're bringing more like trailheads in. But like once we get them in, we need to have like more of like the areas to actually grow the stuff and with all these abandoned buildings and things like that taking up the space in McDowell it's really hard for us to actually have the 
areas to do so. Definitely. So how do you think you can resolve some of those issues? Well, for one, start tearing the buildings down, bring in new built, like make new buildings and bring in like local food, maybe a food bank or like people who actually like just to come in and sell produce to McDowell. Yeah, definitely. So like farmers that could sell. Mm -hmm. um, and do you think there's folks in McDowell that would want to do that instead of having folks out of McDowell? Do you think there's um, people here that'd be interested in starting their own businesses like that? Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If we if we got like variety of restaurants, that would be amazing. Like we've got gas stations that have kitchens. Like I know of Penny's. They do like hamburgers. You know your basic stuff that everybody eats. Mm -hmm. And people try to open restaurants that sell the same thing, and that's why they go in the dip. Like, we've had restaurants open up, and they're there for a while, you know, they sell pizza, breadsticks, get your Reese's pie while you're at it. But, I mean, after a while, it just it goes in the debt, and they shut down because they sell the same thing. Like, if we had people bring in restaurants that sold variety, then I think that would create more jobs, too. Well, I feel if we bring in, like, one good, solid place— and no matter what it is, it would bring so much in to the county and make people not want to leave. It just bring more people, which causes more restaurants and more people to grow and a better business for other people to go off of. Because even if you start up a local business by using local products and fresh like produce and stuff, no one knows how good you're going to do. Because it, our population keeps on getting lower and lower. No matter how much we grow, there's always going to be people that leave. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if there was one good thing that came to the county, there would be so much more to follow because we grow as a people. We're family-loving people. So if there's a reason to stay, we're going to try to stay. Yeah. Well, for instance, like when, you know, when you guys were here, when Subway was built, I imagine that was built, you know, when you got, yeah. So what did you see, you know, when that polished branding platform of Subway came in, how did you see the community's response when it did? When it Everybody's so happy. When Subway first like opened here, they had Godfathers with it. So there you always had like two choices. And for like a solid year, two years, like it was good. But it's just one, another one of those things like it was it's the same old, same old. Like there's nothing new about it. Kind of boring. Yeah. Well, and it's not necessarily their fault. It's just they're the only exactly yeah. option. Cuz like after a ball game, every other place you know you have different options mm -hmm. our school is literally 30 seconds away from subway godfathers and that's where we have to go but in jaeger it was like my eighth grade year and i'm a senior now there was a chinese restaurant that opened up in jaeger and that sounds so sketchy chinese in jaeger but it was really good and it was there i for love like a, chinese in jaeger <laughs> It was Myself. really good. Like, I thought it was going to be sketchy. Right. No, it was really good. <laughs> but, like, for a good month or two, it was booming. And then his family got sick back in China, so he had to go back. But that was something exciting and new. What's some, What are some of the projects you would want to head up or try out in McDowell, whether that be, like, recreation-related? We talked about food and gardening. Are there other things related to that that you all think would be interesting and successful and help y'all with workforce development. I know this isn't really uh, considered like workforce development, but at Riverview we have a theater program and it's highly appraised because mm -hmm. uh, I believe it's the only one in the county, not unless Bluefield counts, mm. which I'm not sure it does. Oh, that no. was a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> it's okay. Um, 
And right now we're working on a play called Law and Disorder. And um, we're touring. Like, we're not touring, touring. We're going to stay here, but schools are going to come to us. And I know that little kids and elders really enjoy our plays. So I feel like if we had, like, a community theater, mm. like, a, you know, that pe more people would join and we could do more so projects. Cool. Because right now where it's during school, we only have, like, a limited amount of time to get our props ready and to order stuff offline because we decide... But how we decide about plays, we read them. And if everyone agrees to do them, then we do them. Mm -hmm. Like, recently we did Salem's Daughter. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we have talented artists in this school. And they cut the art program. We don't yes. have art. Um, and um, so uh, we, give, we get kids in theater who like to paint our backdrops. And we've gotten highly appraised for doing that. And we get, P, uh, we get kids who make stages and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, for Salem's Daughter, someone had to get hanged because, like, the witch trials. It was based around the Salem witch, tri Salem witch trials. Someone made that. They made— We had a gallows. Yeah. Oh. And uh, we, <laughs> we, we had a well, too, which it got knocked over, but we had a well. <laughs> And everyone, everyone loves our plays, you know. People enjoy coming to our plays. Like, we do th dinner theater, like, maybe once a year, but this time we're doing it twice a year. That is one thing that we, that the school actually brings to the community, is we are able to actually help them see another side of literature, Something. I guess you could call it. Because I consider theater. People yeah. are kind of, like, Things squared off. Different. Yeah. They ain't really experienced to this kind of stuff. And when you show it to the community and show it to the little kids, they go crazy for it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it sets a spark in them that makes them want to continue it throughout their school years. That shows you how much we are open to change. Because if that, if something that different can spark something that quickly, and the whole community shows an interest in it, then think of what other things can do. One uh, little uh, spark. Um... To throw out an idea here, my freshman year, um, we worked as waiters for a yes. um, dinner theater. I guess you could count that as an internship, possibly. Yeah. But if we opened a theater like that around here, that gives some of us some things to do. Mm -hmm. That expands uh, McDowell's, I guess, learning and experiences, especially in literature. And it wouldn't just be, okay, we're going to go head down to Welch and go watch a movie in the movie theater. Maybe people would actually be like, oh, hey, so-and-so students and these so-and-so adults are making this play. We should go watch. And not not do everything, I guess, off like church is an influence here. I'm not saying that it's anything bad. But if we did it outside of your basic church plays, if we actually did stuff like we have for our um, – theater program that that would expand the minds of some people and, and what i would love to see here i know i'm pr i'm pretty sure it's abington but the barter is barter it located theater. in abington yeah okay. it's in abington i love going to the barter i love because we have people that come here and help with us ryan henderson i love working with the people from the barter and it helps me to experience with them and i just would love I know it's a long shot to ask, but I would love to see a theater here in McDowell County. That way we could actually start up the live ones. And, and I think they're like trying to start one in Welch. And theater yeah. programs like that offer jobs for students. 
They have the Terror of the Tug, if y'all watched it. I, I go to church with Jean Batlow, the... Well, yeah. there you go. Talk to her about it. <laughs> I go to church with Jim Batlow. They have that theater at Mount View. The, 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 the amphitheater. They don't have that many kids wanting to go for it, though. They all want to play sports. <laughs> That's the issue. Some and, of us down here maybe, actually want maybe to. Maybe they don't have the opportunity. True. And so it's just you got to start stuff up, and we don't know where to, we don't know where to start. Along with theater. It sounds like you do. We got the idea. We don't know what direction, what to do. Along with theater, last year we performed, I think it was our first musical, Peter Pan. It was. It wasn't. It was. (laughs) It was. It was was great. It was okay. We had a lot of technical difficulties. A lot of people told us it was it was our big. No, we couldn't fly around. I wish we We had that equipment to fly around. Yeah, we don't have we don't have that equipment. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, pretty much. Uh, Last year, like I think every tenth grade student who has Mr. Justice, he's a teacher here. Mm -hmm. We call him G, but uh, he taught us about Alexander Alexander Hamilton Hamilton. and by the Hamilton musical, like. I remember that because it was so interactive, and I love the Hamilton music now. (laughs) Hamilton is probably one of the best ways to experience high schoolers with history. I'm telling you, for all the teachers that are going to listen to this, experience them through Hamilton. Because I'm telling you, it's one way to get their attention because they mix modern music with history. And it is absolutely amazing and glorious, and I'm telling you, you will love it. (laughs) The end. (laughs) all of these show that like we're so open to change and we're so willing to open our minds to different things so why is our community stuck in this rut where nothing has changed for years no one has the motivation we have the motivation but we don't have all the time in the world to go well do you think that there were people like you that didn't pursue their ideas when they graduated and just decided to follow the path everyone else did and you know, not really. I feel like a lot of people quit high school because they felt. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people quit, like a lot of adults quit high school when they were so close to graduating because they felt like it wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. Because at the time, like coal mines were booming. And now, I mean, they're coming back, but like they're, people are still getting laid off. My dad was driving a truck at like 13 years old. I don't know if that's legal. I don't think they cared much, but my dad was driving a coal truck at 13 years old. Do you guys, do you see the same culture now? Like, are there a lot of people just like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to be a coal miner when I get out. Is there still that? They really think that they're going to live off that. That's what they depend on. They're like, oh, well, coal miners make a lot of money. So why don't I just drop out of school? Because you don't need an education to be a coal miner. Sure. And when when they get well, laid off or when they get fired or something, well, they it's can't it's a trade. You need a whole different type of training. Yeah, but like that doesn't like necessarily involve a, a four year degree. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like some of the but, kids that have like testing issues and stuff, they want to go do Vogue. Mm-hmm. I, I know one some I know someone personally. They quit Vogue because they like I don't know. They don't. <laughs> I don't know how to say this. Like I guess parents. They don't want to, like, actually try and get help or at least encourage them. So it's like, okay, forget school. I don't want to go to college. We'll go try trade school. Trade school is kind of like the same thing as high school. You just get more, I guess, responsibility. So then when they realize that, it's like, well, I don't want to do this either. So I'm going to quit altogether and see if so-and-so will hire me. Speaking of vote, vocational school isn't just for the 
quote-unquote redneck Sonology. and Vogue is legit a good way to start out if you want to go into nursing, childhood education, welding, uh, carpentry. I don't know if they still have it or not, but they have a whole lot over there at the, at the Votech Center. And the more I think about it, the more I really kind of wish I would have did Vogue because you see all these kids out here that you really thought they wouldn't do nothing with themselves. They went to Vogue, and they're out there, and they're probably going to get more jobs and better jobs than all of us put together because – they actually have hands-on and they have common sense. There's a difference. Like, there are two types of learning in the world. You have common sense learning and then you have book learning. Book smarts. There we go. Smarts. Book smarts and common sense smarts. And I'm going to tell you, the vote kids that I talk to have more common sense than everyone in this room. Because they know what they're doing. Because they actually get in there and they get hands-on stuff instead of just book work. And no I'm offense. so proud of them for that. <laughs> no I feel like the only negative part about it, um, some people... I guess don't want to go to trade school just because of like what you said, the quote unquote, the title you would get here, like a redneck or something like that. But then I also feel like some people are afraid to go do it because my mom's a nurse. Um, She's in college right now. She said she wished she would have pushed harder for her education than just quitting at being a nurse. That type of influence that we have around here stops kids from wanting to go to trade school. It's like, oh, well, I have to go to college. I have to go to college. My mom stayed here. She's not getting paid enough as much as she thinks she wants to. And the need help signs are always up. You know, it, it just causes a fear factor for some people. So do a lot of y'all's guardians, do you do they put on to you like, yes, you need, do they still, yes, you need to go to college. You have to do oh, this. Yeah. You have my to get mom. Yeah. My, my mom. mom. My mom's in college right now training to become a social worker for the elderly because mm-hmm. we're, what happened with my mama? She took care of my mama before she died. But, like, my mom says she wants me to have a better education than she had because she had she she originally went to college, but then she she dropped out after like two weeks, I believe, right. And she found out she was pregnant with me. Mm-hmm. And she said that, uh, for me to keep my grades up, she wants me to have more opportunities than she ever had because she grew up in poverty. Mm-hmm. So she wants me to make something of myself and <laughs> she wants me to become a doctor. I don't want to do that. I can't stand blood. <laughs> right. I pass out. <laughs> Believe me. They stick me. I'm gone. Do you see like a lot of focus in, um, do th- are you informed on what jobs are available in this state? Oh or? my gosh. Okay. I'm in a program, West Virginia Rehab. My job shadowing profession, I'm wanting to take, they don't know if they can actually find it. The jobs around here, mm-hmm. I, they're standard, but the things that we're all wanting to shoot for, I don't think they're around here. Jobs are limited. Is that is that what you was asking? Yeah, I'm just wondering, you know, how much they focus on, because I, I love that you brought up trade, uh, trade schools uh, being very important because there are thousands of trade jobs available in West Virginia. We're actually, um, everybody's wanting to shoot for, like, doctors and stuff. We need people to feel in trade school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everyone that I went to school with that became a doctor, and it's an amazing accomplishment, but they have all, you know, left. They live in Florida, South Carolina, some out west. (laughs) You know, nobody wants to come back here to actually practice medicine, so maybe that would be a good thing. Maybe you could come back here and start your own practice. My mother also is one that's like, you're either going to go to college or you're going to trade school. There's no if ands or buts and my older brother just graduated from pharmacy school and he said it 
Stan Gear was his last option, and he just moved away. So, like what he said, everyone who does get a good degree in medicine or anything, they are going to leave here because they don't want to stay here and raise their kids in this environment because they think that if I move to South Carolina, my kids will have more options of like more classes and better educational opportunities than they do here. So like neither of my parents really went to college, but most of my sister did. One of them's a lawyer now. One of them actually teaches here at the school. And my mom always tells me, she's like, hey, I just want you to be a nurse. I just want you to be a nurse. I can't be a nurse. I freak out. Like the other day, she ripped her fingernail off. And she was like, can you tear it off for me? I said, no, mama, no, I can't. And I started crying. I was like, mama, you're going to hurt yourself. Stop. Like I could not under any circumstance ever be a nurse. Like I actually either want to teach elementary, high school, or I want to go into being parks and rec and work with um, the um, parks up in like pipe stem. I would love to be a park ranger. I think it's interesting. I think working with animals and like checking on the agriculture and stuff there is interesting. And honestly, I might consider doing that. But like the fact that they didn't have that and she wants me to pursue that, it kind of it hurts me that I can't because I know that's what she wants. She she just wants the best for me and stuff. And I Sorry. well, they see that my sisters are like getting the best and stuff, and she just wants me to do the best. And she's like, "Hanny, being a teacher and stuff, you can't because teachers with." Everything that's been going on recently, they don't get paid a lot. But I think teaching, I, I want to teach. I do. They would rather exactly. have, like, benefits over passion is what you're saying. Yes. And, like, Mom, she's like, she just wants, she, yeah, she just wants the best for me. See, but, I, I think it's crazy to think that everyone around this table, they have very, very encouraging parents and stuff. They just want the best for their kids. They want them to do something with their lives. That some of these kids at our school don't have that encouragement. Oh my gosh, stuff. no. Where they don't have like the parents with at least the experience or I me, would want to say wanting to help them or guide them because they don't know themselves. They and, didn't know when they were kids. Me and Brittany uh, did this project last year for HISTA, talked about the poverty cycle and how students feel like they're in a rut. They're stuck in this cycle that they're never going to escape. And they never want to because they don't feel like they have the necessities. Yeah, the necessities to keep going and to get out of it and get them out of that rut. And it's honest, it's sad to think that some kids think like that. Don't you think that it's never going to change unless people like you yeah. come back and change it for you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, do you guys put full blame on your environment for the problems or do you put some of that on the people? Like on the people, yeah. because I feel like if you leave and come back, mm -hmm. like you don't have that social standard of like the other people that have stayed. So you don't have a word like to put in, even though no matter how much you've seen, no matter how much you've done, no matter how high your social standard is, mm -hmm. you don't have that social being here after you mm -hmm. leave. So your word really doesn't matter. No matter how you, much you come back and try to change it, they're like, well, you left. So they, they kind of push you down and stuff, and that's what's always going to happen is because their mind is so— we have very small-minded people here that don't want to yeah. change. And that's what causes us to be in such a rut because if they, they had a very open mind and we're like, well, let's add a little bit something here and see how it does, and if it doesn't do good, then, you know, like, we'll take it back and everything will be back to normal. They don't want to change anything, and that's what causes us to be stuck. We're really, we're just stuck. 
Next, we are talking food access with Mount View uh, with Mackenzie Aim and Keisha Perkins. Oh, yeah. By the way, uh, Mackenzie and Keisha have stayed the past several months in McDowell County uh, doing amazing work and uh, are very knowledgeable on uh, food systems and agriculture in general. Uh, we just spoke on that and, uh, you know, built a restaurant and tried to create a business model all in two hours. So enjoy. I guess an easy question, we'll say. Um, how do y'all think food is part of Appalachian tradition? And do you have any memories of food, whether that be recipes, gardening with your families, growing up here? Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, um, a pretty big part of food in my life, we've always had traditions of uh, making like gravy and biscuits like almost every Sunday. We would always make that. Uh, it doesn't happen that much anymore, but it would always be like common Sunday breakfast. And then um, we make cabbage rolls every New Year's. What are those? Cabbage rolls. Oh, cabbage rolls. Yeah. I said capitos. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm from Idaho originally. My grandparents are from West Virginia, but never heard of cabbage rolls before really? moving down here. Mm-mm. Oh, my Lord. Um, and with biscuits and gravy, like, do y'all, um, we heard from some folks that that's like a communal thing that your whole entire family gets yep. together and it's kind of when you catch up. Is that similar with you Pretty guys? Pretty much. Okay. Yep. We, uh, I don't know if it's just, okay, I live with my grandparents. If it's just us, we kind of catch up on what all our week has been like, what all we've done this week and everything like that mm-hmm. because my family is busy. My grandfather is the mayor. My grandmother, she has some medical issues and then I work all the time. Yeah. So we just kind of get together and we, just talk about how our week is, and then if it's the rest of the family, such as my parents, my uncle, because we all live in the same area, yeah, we all just get together and talk about pretty much anything and everything. Yeah, like the time to catch up and yeah. figure out what's going on in everybody's life. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Well, um, like she said, uh, anywhere you go, there's going to be culture and everything. You go to different countries, you see how they eat, what they like, and everything. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, I mean, we always had, like, cornbread Beans, everything, just making them with my papa and everything. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> but, um, no, you just, you find your own unique taste wherever you go. See what others like. I mean. Definitely. So, um, a lot of the things that y'all just said, like different parts of the country. I know they ain't having a fire drill right now. JD. <laughs> <laughs> JD. Is this fake? Yeah, it's a fake fire drill. Okay. Y'all are talking Oh, they really well, are. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> Are you serious? After a quick fire alarm, which was very nostalgic for me, uh, we sat down and got back into it. Uh, I was going to ask if y'all think that um, the traditional foods um, from Appalachia can be used um, as a way to get more jobs here. Like, do you think other people outside the region are interested in Appalachian uh, food culture? Well, one thing that has been blowing up is... uh, ATV trails and ATV riders and resorts mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, people come in from all over the country uh, to ride in the mountains, side by sides, four wheelers, whatever. And we've actually been building up on uh, ATV resorts like up North Fork and Crumpler and stuff. Uh, there's many of them. They can come in here and stay. And I mean, you get to taste our food, our tradition, mm-hmm. like as if we go out there to fish or something at some other state. Well, we see what they like. So, yeah, yeah there is. There's uh, it. It very well could be bring people in and 
anywhere you go, I mean, obviously you may have the same taste of food, whatever, but most people want to try different things, different cultures. If I go to a different country, of course I'm wanting to try what they have to offer. Uh, people who come here, you know, they ain't, they may necessarily not want to eat what they eat at home, whatever. They want to check out our tradition. Can you be any louder? <laughs> I can. Did you just hear it? Oh, uh, no, no. <laughs> but, um, you know, like if I go to New York, you know, I want to experience what they have, like Philadelphia, a big cheesesteak or something. I don't want to eat what I eat here every day. I mean, it's part of like the road trip itself, the trip itself, going there, experiencing more things and just, I mean, actually me eating. You. And if we have local farms and stuff here, and I mean, we can present to them our traditions, our recipes, our culture. So, right. Let me tell you, yeah. I love when I go out of state. And I found something else to eat. So you down in Tennessee, can eat alligator. And it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> See, I mean. So what, okay, build off that. I give you $100,000 and say, okay, make your business happen. Where do you start? Is there a business the cleanup crew or the? No, <laughs> no you're at Appalachian Cuisine. I like it. Like, oh, okay. you know, how do you make something different that, you know, you won't go, uh, you can get cheeseburgers here and pizza yeah. like anywhere else. But what can you do here to make someone say, you know, I'm going to drive three hours and try that place I out? I would basically start, I mean, I'd, I'd start with a team. I'd I'd find somebody who's actually a, a team that's good with hunting, whatever in season, you know, and uh, go catch it fresh. You know, not raised on a farm, not filled with chemicals, literally raised fresh. Go out there and uh, whatever's in season and you have more to offer, you know. Start with your team or whatnot and you can go from there. There may be a team that's dedicated to farming or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's all so, you, so you get like this truckload of deer that comes in. You chop it up and it's ready to cook. What do you do next? <laughs> Start frying. <laughs> Start frying. I, mean, I don't know how you like. And then you want somebody who knows how to cook from there. Is uh, that part of the thing? No. Well, I mean, yeah, you would. Yeah, need you that. definitely need somebody who knows how to cook oh, all yeah. these gamey meats and everything because not everybody. You can't just like mm -hmm. have. You can't just hire somebody off the street and be like, "Here, you're gonna cook this deer." Right. Yeah. So you you come up with your deer sandwich and you start selling it and you make thousands of dollars and the USDA comes in and shuts you down for not getting the products inspected. What do you do next? <laughs> File for bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. You tried. Okay. Well, okay. Now, so, I mean, first off, I would imagine we're going to need a location. Where's that location going to be? Old subway building. I don't know. With a business that interesting, I'd put it right there in the heart of our county, in the seat of our county. So, What's yeah. near it? What kind of roads are near it? Oh, God. Oh, oh. there's really... Uh. Can we not talk is about it, our roads? Is it near no. the trail system? <laughs> I would put it like near all the like ATV trails and everything. That way you're getting everyone who's coming in, and then they can see like what you have to offer. That's true. Make and it really worth their drive down here. An open here. butcher shop would be quite interesting, like right there, and everybody can see what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Gutting the deer right there. I would uh, also make a lot of people trust what you're doing as well because there's a lot of suspicion and everything between a lot of people that like, there's like yeah. so many people. Handles doing. your food and everything. Yeah. I, all right. Say everything did work out. Say we got a clean inspection. We have uh, managers and everything. Everyone can check on us and it's working out right, okay? And mm -hmm. we have a team who can farm, a team who can hunt or whatever and like. Love it. 
I mean, okay. I, I think it'd be a great deal. I so, think. okay, they have a bad hunting season. You have nothing to cook. What do you have as a backup plan? What about the gardening? What would you cook? What would you grow? Um, pretty much anything and everything. At least anything and everything that could grow naturally down here. Right. So, what's different around here that you don't really see elsewhere that grows out in the wild? Oranges. <laughs> what about uh, I know oranges? I grew. What about those oh, yeah. mushrooms? <laughs> what do you say? Doesn't grow here. You what? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> There's a couple like things. The mushrooms? Do you really know what? Like I don't know what grows. Yes. There's, There's a couple things. Ramps. Oh, you have ramps. You have pawpaws. Yeah, that's true. People eat that crap. Dryland fish. What? The uh, mushrooms. Do you want to talk? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. I'm learning I'll stuff. I live by the railroad tracks. Right. Right next to the nursing home near a graveyard. Anyway, something different that you don't see would be what my grandma calls dryland fish. Yep. It's like a mushroom. It's, it looks like a sponge, and it grows along the riverbank. We just go and you pick them, put them in a basket, bring them home. This is amazing. Wash them, fry them, put them in some flour. They're good. Are they? Wow. They're really, yeah. Those actually are things. That's I mean, cool. They can be really small. You try to really find old. one in New York, exactly. It's just people come here and try our culture. I mean, we That's may not awesome. have a lot to offer, but we're so, trying. Okay, we're, we're rounding up the food. We kind of got an idea. We're cooking some wild game, dryland fish type sandwich that people are just going crazy for. How can we elevate that experience? Like, what's the experience when you go to this restaurant? What's What's around? Oh, man, they cook it right in front of you. I mean, if, if you please, you can watch the butcher, okay? He's going to be in a whole different section. Uh, <laughs> um, it's just, it, it's like when you go to a Japanese restaurant or something, them cooking it in front of you and actually you participating because it's, it's like with the band Queen. Listen to this now. They made you participate in their show, like uh, We Will Rock You and everything. You had to participate. If you participate in that experience, it'll be 10 times better. Well, Rush... They roast a hundred chickens every time. Did you know Rush? They have a big rotisserie on stage, and they just cook a hundred chickens. That is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that that's pretty is awesome. amazing. So. All right, so I'm I'm digging it. So like a, a Japanese steakhouse, but more of a yeah, more a, of a southern yeah, a southern version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So do we have like separate tables with griddles on them that they like cook in front of you, like uh, and do all the tricks and stuff? Or uh. I mean, that could be an idea. Maybe. I mean, people who come in from out of state, what if they have questions and stuff? I mean, your chef's right there. He's shown you everything. I mean, he's, right. we got to have a good but chef. Then, I mean, got the squirrel get? right there yeah. <laughs> in front of me. What is it? So, okay, what kind of elements from Appalachia? Give Taylor the mic. What kind of elements would you implement into this curbside appeal, you know, that says Appalachia to you? Okay, maybe like during the summertime, keep it like the landscaping, have flowers, something that's real colorful. And then you could put like signs up that are like engraved with the wood because that's like something that I think of whenever I think of the mountains. A lot of wood grain? Yeah. I love it. I love it. What What's going to be our th pick three colors like of our logo? What three colors would that be? Obviously, blue yellow, and yellow. That's West Virginia. Yellow, blue, and green. Blue. That's WVU. Uh, we have. Well, we're going to have Marshall fans come here too. So she what's said green. She said green. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what? What about the Concord fans? 
you know, creating our own <laughs> brand, you know, it doesn't have to be WVU inspired. Yeah. What three would you pick? I see brown and green because... Destiny said brown. Say it again. Brown? I don't know, J.D. I see the whole color wheel because when everything's first blooming or dying, like in the fall it's dying, mm -hmm. you see orange everywhere. Uh, when it's, So maybe just go seasonal. Change flowers whenever. Just have what's ever. Gotcha. Because the trees, like like, especially like it. around like New River Gorge and stuff and the body, like the streams up in the mountains, the colors of the trees whenever they're first turning, it's so pretty. And like the pictures and stuff that you'll see, like... The sunlight peeking through the treetops. Right. It's so pretty. I love it. So, so, like, you could do that and make postcards, too. Yeah, we're, so it's multicolored because you're saying, like, you know, the big draw of Appalachia is when the leaves turn and you see all these beautiful colors in the mountains. So that's more than three colors. That's and then for sure. you can do – oh, my okay. bad. Go ahead. Go ahead, Marla. I think, like, a cabin-styled, like – Building will be cool. Cabin style. Yeah. <laughs> I, keep I think the thing with the mountains too, like use them to your advantage. You can put cabins up in the mountains. Of course, you have to make the road, you know, everything. But right. putting cabins up in like the woods and stuff, mm -hmm. other than like the animals and stuff, you know, I don't want people getting eaten by a bear. But <laughs> I think that that's the thing when you go to Tennessee. You can go and you just get away from everything for a while because it's family time. You're separated. You're cut off from everything else. Mm -hmm. so I think it's nice. Okay. See? How many How many people are we going to be able to set in this place? I want to say Let's at the very say, least at least 150. At least maybe. 150? I like it. Yeah. Like sounds it. like a good number. Okay. Good so enough. to save money on tables, what are the tables going to be made out of? Can we get Wood, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Salvage wood. Uh -huh. There are plenty of places, especially like up by the coal mines, that are just cutting down trees to get like gain access to get down underground. We could definitely do so that. you could use the leftover wood and repurpose ah, it. I love it, and that that brings more to the theme too because it's, it's got a story behind homemade. it. Free Wi-Fi, um, seasonal events, maybe like a big stage set up for concerts or whatever. Because mm -hmm. you would not believe how many like artists are here. In McDowell County, just, I mean, they're not big or anything, but God, these people can play. Like Taylor Chapman, I know, can play the guitar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so. another thing, like, in the restaurant to give the tourists, like, a real different feel. Exactly. You can allow them to come here and share their talents yeah. or, like, yeah. introduce yours. And, I mean, you'd be surprised, like, famous people, if it's got, like, a really good reputation and, like, it becomes something that's a good experience that everyone should have to experience once in their lifetime. Exactly. You'll have other people coming here, and you may even get people from here notice that otherwise wouldn't have a chance. Right, yeah. It's like down in Tennessee, there's a indoor snow tubing place, and I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was like Luke Bryan or something mm -hmm. went down there, and uh, they had a picture with him, and like, he visited just a small little <laughs> indoor yeah. place. But I mean, mm. you're you're literally doing everything me and Adam are doing in Vogue right now. Well, cool. Our, do it all here in an hour. <laughs> so. I know we're talking about just like a little restaurant type deal or whatever. Right. Or, but our whole... Um, our ATV resort, and I don't want anybody stealing this because this is what we're using. It's called <laughs> 365 ATV Resort. 365, it's open year-round. So, Ooh. yeah. I mean, that's a lot to take into consideration because, I mean, uh, it gets cold here. Water freezes. What are you going to do? So, that's stuff you got to look into and such. 
So Injuries, too. You can't mm, forget about that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, that's constantly at Ashland, but there's a fire department right down the road, so they're constantly. So Right, right. So, yeah, that's that's actually what we're doing. It's crazy we got on this topic because so we, we're looking at, like, free Wi-Fi and everything. Yeah. Which, there we go back to bandwidth, which we were talking about earlier. Do we have a name? What's the name? What Anybody have any ideas? Country Home. What is it? Country Home. Country Home. I like Country it. Home. I like it. Yeah, I like it. What What's something that would say restaurant and Appalachia without saying Appalachian restaurant? <laughs> what? <laughs> like it's it, it's not going to be called Appalachian restaurant, but how do we how do we let people know what it is, but also have a brand? Come with eat, it? y'all. <laughs> God, there you go. Wait, didn't you do the the video for? Um, was it a Motivate McDowell or whatever, but the ATV Resort, wasn't you? I did that one, and I you did, did that. meet McDowell, yeah. And you had Alan Johnson narrate everything. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get him. He's actually going to do my senior pictures, but uh, you you get him to like talk. If you get a real Oh, he, yeah, his voice Southern, is perfect. I love Alan. He's yeah. amazing. It's, it's perfect. I forgot you did do that. And then you have like Eli Hendrick and them. Uh, wasn't he on it? Yep, yeah, Eli was on it. Yeah. Yep. It's all about location. In a way. I mean, if we're going to have this great big restaurant hidden back up a holler somewhere, what do you think is going to happen? No one's going to find out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like uh, when my aunt opened Spike's Doghouse, it's literally right on the main road of this county, Route 52, mm-hmm. right on side in the intersection of Rotorfield. I mean, don't blink, but you'll miss it. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's right there. Now, if this uh, ATV trail... This big resort does happen. I mean, you're going to want that restaurant, sort of the icon, you know, one of the great big deals of it, have it right there on the main strip or a main road or something. You ain't going to want it hidden. And it's a big difference. If you have something right there that's noticeable, it will attract more, obviously, and it's more money to be made. Is there a certain place where uh, ATVs run more than others? Like, I mean, I, I would look for a place that, ATVs are moving daily. Yeah. You know, like the, where is that one point? The Hatfield and McCoy trail? Around there, yeah. We got a pretty good place going, though. We, talking about we got a location. We got kind of what we're selling. We're going to have music. Is it going to be daily music or weekly? What are we doing? I would say daily. Like, uh, uh well, Is I don't there know. enough people Maybe, here for that? No, no weekly. Not. Yeah. Maybe once. Yeah. Okay, like, either. Once a week or, like, something like once a month, like Mike Night at Sterling. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people end up going to that. I mean, I'm one of them. I know a, a lot of people end up going to that, but it's a lot of the same people. There's hardly ever really any new people, so we could probably do something like once a month most likely. Right, yeah. And maybe not just singing because, yeah, singing's something that a lot of people can relate to, but then there's a whole other group of people that can't relate to that. Right. So yeah. maybe do something different. Like, like bingo. <laughs> Bingo's a draw. What do you think is more beneficial? Do you think like a big – I'm not saying the big corporations are bad at all. I'm asking a genuine question. Like do you think it's better to have like a Walmart come in and they employ a lot of people but like the majority of their funds go back to headquarters or do you think it's better to have like a mom and pop shop that may employ like three or four people but all the funds stay in the community? Like that's a genuine question. What do you, What do you all think would be – and does better here. Sorry, go ahead. I say I think something like local would be a lot better just because then like you're keeping within the community and it kind of allows everyone to 
come together and still like form and build up the county instead of having this big business come in and just kind of put something here and they can just decide at any time just to pull it out because they don't want it here anymore. Yeah. Same thing with the... Um... <laughs> Same thing with like Walmart that used to be here and Magic Mart. The problem with them is that they're from a bigger headquarters on up north and stuff and they buy these buildings for like 10 years and then after that, they're like, okay, we got our money. They pick up and go, but they don't realize that they're not leaving us with anything here. Mm-hmm. I mean, Walmart, that's where we go for everything. That's where we went for everything. And now it's a real inconvenience for us to have to get in the cars and drive an hour, two hours. And there's a lot of people here who can't afford cars to get places, which just creates a lot of problems and is a lot of why there's such a struggle here because there's nothing. I think eventually, what are you doing? <laughs> I think eventually if we had more people and if things were better, yeah, maybe a Walmart, big businesses, whatever. But for now, let's get rid of corporate. Everything's corporate owned. Everything's big businesses. Everything's owned by someone way out yonder. Let's just yonder. <laughs> have it locally owned. We'll go from there. It'll be 10 Tell times easier. I'm telling you. Okay. That's where it's at. Well, word gets around, and I don't necessarily think. I mean, if you have like a great idea and it it expands, goes good, it could get out. More people could come. You have more people coming, then. But then, who would actually listen to like a bunch of home owned? That, that's right. That's right. But You'd be surprised uh, how well local mom and pop shops are. Like I am from. Like, I lived in a college town where Iowa State is, so the whole town is actually considered a college town because their college makes up most of the population. And we have uh, a main street, essentially, with mom-and-pop shops that have been that way for many, many years and just have been taken over by another person. And they're not corporate businesses or whatever, but people love it. Like, that's what people look for sometimes. And honestly, some people are willing to pay a lot more money to find it. So you'd be surprised at how well they work out. (laughs) Word gets around easy now, Jillian. We we have these, you know. (laughs) Well, the bandwidth is growing. I mean, not everybody's like caveman or cavewoman now. I mean, almost everybody has some source of, you know, connectivity to social media or... Not a lot of people down here can afford it. Like Taylor was saying, not a lot of people can afford cars. Well, so even for those who don't have phones, like, it's still not a problem, like, here in the county just because everyone's so friendly with each other that word just spreads around that way really easily, too. That'll do it for this episode of the Student Pack Podcast. For Mount View, we had Marla Brown, Taylor Chapman, Destiny Miller, Carissa Charney, Seth Stone, Jillian Gentry, Madison Wagner, Sam Dudgeon, and Anthony Rochetti. For Riverview, we sat down with Megan Steele, Kayla Church, Courtney Hughes, Hannah Puckett, Chloe Lester, Ashley Mullins, Brittany Rowe, Farrah Mullins, and David Atkins. Stay tuned for more episodes of the Student Pack Podcast. We have one that we do per month. Support the show by going to jointhefamily.info. If you'd like, grab a wristband. Those wristbands will help to continue grow the student pack and create new opportunities for the students' voices to be heard. Like us on Facebook and Snapchat. And remember that there is always another side to each story.